Hi, and welcome to Impactful Teaching at the College of Charleston, a teaching and learning podcast where we discover innovative strategies and practices to engage learners, celebrate the successes of others, making an impact on today's students' academic achievements, and inspire each other to learn and grow in our own teaching practices. Welcome to Impactful Teaching at the College of Charleston. I'm your host today, Michael Bomarito, and I'm a TLT instructional technologist here at the College of Charleston. Today's episode is about reaching all students, engaging issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I have with me today, Dr. Courtney Howard, Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, along with Simon Lewis, Faculty Director for Race, Inclusion, and Equity. Thank you both for joining us. Uh, before we jump into our topic, why don't you both take just a moment and give our listeners a brief introduction of your backgrounds, experiences, as well as maybe a little bit about your respective programs. Great. Yes, thank you. So again, I'm Courtney Howard. So I am a graduate of, of Florida A&M University in Tallahassee, Florida, a biology major, um, and went to University of Florida to earn my master's and doctoral degree in um, science education. So my background is science education. I was previously a middle school science teacher, have done a number of um, after-school science programs, and I've been at the college since 2011 when I came to serve as um, director of our Center for Partnerships to Improve Education. And then in 2017, also became associate dean of the School of Education. At the time, it was Education, Health, and Human Performance. Um, but prior to that, I had served as a faculty member, um, a tenured faculty member at Claflin University. So I'm excited to be in this new role, um, Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And it really gives me an opportunity to see the college from a bird's eye view, a more centralized perspective, as opposed to um, sort of living in one particular school and looking at different ways that um, our campus has committed itself to advancing diversity, equity, and inclusion for our students as well as our faculty and our staff. Thanks. Thanks, Michael. And uh, I'm Simon Lewis. I'm an English professor here at the College of Charleston. I've been teaching at the college since um, 1996. And I'm uh, a professor of African literature and African studies. And I teach basically in the English department anything that is not either English or American. Um, I've also been associated with a program called the Carolina Low Country and Atlantic World Program, which is concentrated on uh, Charleston's connections with the Atlantic world. And one of the things that I noticed when I came to uh, the College of Charleston, which has really attracted me to it, is uh, this city's Africanness. And uh, from a very early time, my syllabuses would have a reference to uh, the fact that he here we were in the College of Charleston, an essentially Eurocentric institution uh, dealing with African material in a space that is, is really under-acknowledged as, as, uh, as an African space. So my, my teaching has been uh, in the English department. My subject matter has been race, but I haven't actually been addressing race as a fundamental issue as um, you know, something I'm doing administratively until very recently. I was just appointed in um, this summer, so since July, I have actually become the director of the Race, Equity and Inclusion Initiative at the College of Charleston. Great, wonderful. Um, well, so glad that uh, you were able to carve out some time and, and share with us because, uh, as you mentioned, it's such an, uh, an important issue for us to be really able to address. And it has ramifications uh, on all levels from, from the administrative side 
all the way into the classroom, student life, all of those issues with regards to equity and inclusion. Um, what are, uh, maybe start with uh, sort of a macro picture and what are, what are some of your key goals in this coming year in your uh, respective departments to address issues of race, equity, and inclusion? Yeah, so I mentioned that um, our campus, we're very fortunate that our campus is very committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion, and so much so that there's a lot of activity, but it's all very much scattered and not well-coordinated. So there's no one inventory of all the work that's happening. There's not a whole lot of conversation across units. So there may be programs that are doing very similar work, maybe even serving the same students. Um, and at this point, I'm not aware of anyone who could tell us all the different programs. So one of my main goals this year really is to complete a diversity, equity, and inclusion inventory of what's happening on campus, who we're serving, maybe who we're not serving, um, and to find out way, if there are ways to collaborate and get units to maybe talk a little bit more about what they're doing and how we can share resources and, and share information and ultimately arrive at some common goals or a shared vision for what that looks like for our campus. And the, the REI initiative will be one of those things that you're going to be putting in that Definitely. inventory, Courtney. Yes. So, yeah, the REI, um, I think probably everybody listening to this uh, podcast will remember, is an initiative that initially came to the Faculty Senate by way of um, students, students who were concerned by a number of incidents of uh, really stupid, ignorant, racist behavior. Uh, by other students um, and they said well, what are you going to do about this and so it came to the Senate by way of the General Education Committee we established a, uh, a committee to look into what we might do on the faculty side of things and a proposal was brought to the Senate for a major uh, curricular change which would be this two course requirement in courses that deal with race equity and inclusion at least one third of the courses have to address REI issues. Um, and that worked its way through the um, Senate, and eventually it worked its way through the administration and up through the uh, Commission on Higher Education in Columbia. And we are getting ourselves ready this year to go live um, in fall of 2023. So for the first time in fall of 2023, there will be a new undergraduate requirement that every single student at the College of Charleston from fall 2023 on must take two courses, uh, at least one third of the content of which addresses REI issues. So that's going to be quite a big task to make sure that we've got everybody in place for that. Everybody is trained, everybody is confident, everybody is competent to teach those courses and uh, advisors know how to direct students to all of those courses and so on and so forth. Great, thank you. What do you find are some of the biggest challenges uh, that the college currently faces in terms of uh, uh, equity, uh, inclusion, and uh, and how do you think the college is uh, is trying to address those? Yeah, well, in addition to not really knowing all of what's happening on our campus as it relates to those things, I think um, one of the challenges I'm hearing about more recently is um, classroom conversations and really sort of classroom climate and how faculty are able to engage student-to-student -student conversations about sensitive issues, and also how faculty are relating to students themselves on sensitive issues. Sometimes people hear things and they, they receive them in a way that maybe wasn't intended, and um, sometimes students have a hard time telling faculty that they didn't appreciate how something was said or how something wasn't um, addressed appropriately. Um, so, But then they come back to other people and share those concerns. And so I think we really have to work on sort of how to handle those sensitive and critical conversations 
and making sure that everyone is is prepared to to engage in the REI initiative and dealing with those conversations, making sure they're attending to the way people are receiving feedback or receiving um, um, ha- or disengaging in these conversations. Yeah, it's a big pressures. Uh, there's an internal pressure and an, an external pressure, and the internal one is what Courtney has described that you know we we still have. Um, uh, students of color still experiencing racism, I think probably on a daily basis, unfortunately, either microaggressions or macroaggressions, um, which is really problematic, but it's something we have to to, to try and deal with. Um, also internally, basically, I, I mentioned you know, we, ha- we have an essentially Eurocentric academy. Um, there was a report published, I think, in December by the Educational Trust talking about how um, the academy is still overwhelmingly white. Um, I think they were talking about 2050. Um, things might be okay, um, but 2050 <laughs> is a long way off uh, for our students, and it's certainly a long way off for me even. Um, so we've got that problem that we have to deal with. That you know, most of our disciplines are uh, are essentially still Eurocentric. I mean, English is English. It's not literature, um, and so we we tended in in the in the discipline of English to focus on um, England, Great Britain, Ireland, America, etc., etc. But that's cutting out a massive amount of the world's experience. So, you know, these are things we have to deal with at this sort of general academic level. And then we've got external pressures. Um, we've got these political attacks on teaching about race in any way, um, despite the the urgency uh, of it, as you know, we've been seeing just over this last week, uh, that this is still something which is absolutely pressing, uh, and we have to address it, but some of our politicians are not very keen on us doing it. There's a, a suit at the moment from legislators trying to sue the Charleston County School District because they think that they're teaching too much about race. And that's, that's a big problem. How do you actually deal with that? It, it makes it more complicated mm-hmm. uh, for us to try and thread the needle doing what we recognize we have to do, <laughs> despite the fact that our, our betters, if you want to call them that, uh, are trying to tell us, no, you, you can't do that. It's a problem. And I just want to mention that you know equity issues are not just um, about race. You know We mm-hmm. also have gender sure. equity issues, sexuality, um, orientation, or identity equity issues. So all of those things are all, and then people, of course, have intersectionalities in terms of their identity. So we just have to, we have a, a, a lot <laughs> to work with. Yeah. And even that term, intersectionality, is one that they've actually flagged as a dangerous right, as a term. Word, right, yeah. you know, which is <laughs> quite remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, and I realize it, and, and it does, especially, I think, uh, it, our current political uh, sort of flavor, if you will, or, or the tension that's within that, I think, highlights a lot of why we need to open discussion on this, uh, these sorts of topics. Uh, we, we can disagree, uh, but let's do so openly so that we can come to some better agreements, mm-hmm. understandings. I know even, as you mentioned, sort of the more recent events this past week of uh, where so many people are saying, see, it's not a race issue because the, the persons involved were of the same race. But the, the tensions, the, the the stereotypes, all of those sorts of things run across. It isn't just a, a skin color issue, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's a cultural issue that needs to be addressed. And so uh, I think, yeah, I, I think exactly it's because of that tension that these sorts of programs are so, so vitally important. Mm-hmm.
you're listening to Impactful Teaching. We'll be back in just a few minutes to bring you the rest of today's episode. If you miss any of today's episode, you can hear it again on our website at tlt.cofc.edu. That's tlt.cofc.edu. Attention teaching faculty and staff. Registration for the 7th Annual Teaching Learning and Technology Conference, May 16th and 17th, 2023, is now open. This free online conference with global reach will feature dozens of live sessions dedicated to best practices in teaching and learning. Hosted by the College of Charleston's Teaching and Learning Team, TLTCon 2023 will feature special keynote Jay McTie, best known for co-authoring the Backward Design Framework, in the award-winning and best-selling Understanding by Design series, McTie is a veteran educator, speaker, and accomplished author. Please visit bit.ly slash tltcon23reg to register for free. Again, that's bit.ly slash tltcon23reg. Space is limited, make sure you register today. Once again, here's impactful teaching. Um, how might you address, uh, say, uh, the concern that m might come up uh, from faculty who are already uh, burdened with the task of uh, fulfilling their content, just getting the content and covering, you know, and now they're addressed with issues of REI, they're addressed with issues of student care, they're, you know, they, they get all of these things get, in one sense, can be laid on top of the teaching requirement, right? How do you address some of those issues uh, and challenges? Well, I, I would encourage faculty to remember um, who they're teaching. Like, we're here to teach students about content. We're not here to teach content, you know, to this, you know, these inanimate objects. So students are first, and we have to make sure that the material that we're presenting and the, the way that we present it is relevant, is impactful, and that they can, you know, they understand why this is important. And so if we put our students first, then we won't see the extra burden in dealing with, you know, equity issues and how we teach or what we teach and how we address some of these concerns. Yeah, yeah and Courtney, your office is providing trainings, and, and we, through the REI Advisory Committee, are trying to work on professional development and working with uh, OID to make sure that people uh, feel confident and competent in dealing with these things. I mean, at the moment, um, one of the, the things about the REI is that there's a, a, there is a finite number of courses taught by a limited number of, of people who already have um, some kind of expertise in that area. So that uh, what we feel is that th these folks are, are, are already pretty well equipped to do these things and already committed to doing this kind of teaching. So uh, as, as it spreads more widely across the campus, which we hope it will do, uh, then we hope it will do that in a, in a kind of organic way, uh, starting from this core group of people who are already committed and already have a certain kind of expertise. Yeah, and, and <clears throat> I remember even the, the, the things that we can do that are not uh, maybe specifically focused at addressing the issue, but can can provide that broader spectrum. I mean, I remember one time attending a workshop uh, when I was uh, teaching, and uh, we were challenged to look at our bibliography mm -hmm. and look at the the diversity or lack thereof mm -hmm. of the the books we were reading right. uh, or suggesting to our students, and and just something so simple as to make sure we have an inclusive. 
uh, bibliography of different authors of different perspectives, different backgrounds uh, from around the world, different, uh, you know, all of that inclusiveness that shows there are, you know, other people think, other people have ideas uh, and, and bring it into that context. Yeah, when I was a graduate student, I remember taking a, a course with a professor, a renowned professor in that particular field. And he gave us the option. We could always pick readings each week, and we had to write sort of an analysis or a summary of that reading. And so I would always pick authors who were writing about the topic of the class, but they were mostly African-American authors, or they were writing about how that particular topic affected African-American students or education or whatever the case was. And he always marked me very highly on my writing, and my he wanted us to be very concise, very concise in my writing. But he always said, who was this person? Like, this is not a relevant author. This topic is not important enough. So he always commented. And I was the only African-American student in the course. So it was very palpable to me that he would, you know, question the the content that I, I chose to write about and the authors that I chose to read, even though it was all about the field of study for the course. Um, so it's just, I think what you talk about, the bibliography piece is very important. I mean, English. Um, I was at grad school in the 1990s, which is, I guess, the kind of the heyday of, of post-colonialism. But, you know, as an undergrad, um, a, I didn't read anything beyond 1945 on the uh, on the official curriculum, and there was certainly nothing by uh, any writer of color. Um, and in fact, you know, I'm if I if I try to go back and try to figure out when was the first time I read a novel uh, by a writer of color, I mean, I think I, I think I read Things Fall Apart as a school student, so that would be in the mid 70s. Um, but after that, I'm not sure when I next read a, a book by a writer of color. And, and that's a novel. And then I'm thinking in terms of um, criticism, mm -hmm. scholarship. When did I first read uh, books by writers of color uh, in academic scholarship? It pretty late. And I, I think if, if most people and I, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm in this area now. Right. <laughs> so I'm conscious of this. But I, I'm sure that there are other you know, thoroughly well-meaning um, people out there who, if they were actually to analyze the number of books that they've read by uh, people of color, it might be surprisingly short. One of the things I always um, ask my students, I said, have you ever seen a film which has absolutely no white people in it? And you go, okay, when you think about Wakanda, no, there's white folks in Wakanda, right? Um, in Moonlight, no, there's white folks in Moonlight. Have you seen a film with absolutely no uh, white people in it? And the answer is generally no. I think the whiz they refer to. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, have you ever seen a film that has absolutely no black people in it? Or TV series? And they go, yeah, of course, all the time. You go, there you are, right? This is, this is the world that you live in, and this is what we have to try and figure out to find a, some new kind of mm -hmm. balance that is properly equitable and properly inclusive. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's every, it, we've got centuries that we're trying to yeah. respond to. Right, right. right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't, uh, you don't rebuild Rome in a day, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but you take some steps mm -hmm. and, and begin mm -hmm. to, to, to move forward. Uh, great. Well, uh, is there anything else that uh, you've got a captured audience, if you will, of faculty <laughs> members and thinkers uh, uh, that you might want to share uh, either as a, an encouragement, a challenge, or something that's uh, coming up that you want uh, us to be aware of? Well, we have, um, I just want faculty members to know and maybe share with their students that we do have a lot of programs on campus that support students of color 
and other students who, you know, students who just need support. And so I just encourage faculty to make sure they're directing students to the multicultural students programs and services office to engage in programs like Spectra, that we have um, Call Me Mr. program in the School of Education. We have a Launchpad for Success program that serves all students in terms of career development. It's a two-year career development program. Of course, we, everyone thinks, probably knows about 1967 Legacy Scholarship Program. Um, the gender, what is it, GSEC? Gender, Sexual Equal, Gender and Sexuality Equity Center um, program, and just a number of student organizations. So just make sure that students are aware of the resources that exist on campus to make sure they feel supported. Um, as faculty continue to make sure their coursework um, also provides that level of support. Michael, you'd asked about um, measuring the effectiveness of, of DEI programs in, in your sort of preamble to us. And I am absolutely fascinated in, in trying to think, okay, what is this place going to look like in 2030? So uh, we are doing, or, or the Viabati does these uh, student surveys for freshmen and, and seniors. Uh, and I am just really, really fascinated to see how much impact this REI curricular requirement, um, how much difference that makes. I, I think it's going to be transformative. And if it actually transforms the curriculum, the hope is that it will actually then begin to transform the, the, the actual demographics of the student body because people will recognize coming in that they are going to be getting an inclusive curriculum. They're not going to be coming out of an English course, for instance, and saying, where was, where was the African-American author in there? Uh, where was the, uh, the Indian author there? Uh, they're actually recognizing that they are going to see themselves in the courses that they are taking, and that will then attract uh, more people of color and giving us a, a more, you know, basically representative demographic at the College of Charleston. We have a, a horribly skewed uh, demographic by comparison to where we are in Charleston and South Carolina, and we really do need to make that better. Yeah, very good. Well, yeah, thank you so much. And, and I think I think this is one of the, the, the key elements, again, as we move forward, is keeping the, the dialogue going. I think anytime we're addressing these new sorts of issues uh, to realize, uh, you know, uh, something is better than nothing. Let's try something. And we may not make it the first time. Maybe the first draft isn't the best. Uh, let's learn. Let's not throw it out, you know. And as you said, that's sort of uh, Sometimes we get just wrapped up, see, that wasn't good, let's throw it out. And well, let's not throw it out, let's try to change something different and make it better. And, and uh, yeah, I'm excited about uh, some of the changes, uh, as you mentioned, Courtney, the, the, the commitment of the institution uh, to, to address these issues and grow in that uh, in, a, in, I think, a very uh, broad-minded way, yeah. uh, which, is, uh, which is very good. It's not a uh, programmatic, this is what we're going to do uh, to tick off a box to show that we're inclusive, right. but let's start to learn together. And so I really uh, applaud that. Um, well, again, just thank you so much uh, for taking the time to come in and share. Um, I'm sure we'll have some follow-up conversations as well as uh, uh, next year as some new things get launched. Uh, very excited to hear about that. That would be great. Uh, from a, from a uh, TLT side, uh, you know, we, we'd be love to be part of that conversation of how we can help from a technology side address some of those issues as well. So again, thanks for coming. Thank you for listening to Impactful Teaching, brought to you by the Teaching and Learning Team at the College of Charleston. Until next time.